You're listening to Fuel Radio, inspiration and training to fuel your day. Now here's your host, Rod Jans. Hi, welcome to Fuel Radio. Our guest today is Wade Lightheart. Wade is the host of his own podcast. It's the Awesome Health Podcast. He's a three-time all-natural bodybuilding champion, advisor to the American Anti-Cancer Institute, and director of education at BioOptimizers Nutrition, one of the world's most innovative nutritional supplement companies. Welcome to Fuel Radio. Thanks so much. Great to be here. Well, let's dive right in. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your upbringing and maybe how that had an impact on what you're doing today. Very rural. And when I was 15 years old, three life-changing events happened. I was you know, playing hockey like kids in Canada do. And we moved to, a, it was five miles to our nearest neighbor. My parents became the caretakers of a private resort, which was a beautiful place, but not somewhere I wanted to be when I was 15. It was about 35 miles from the school I lived at and another 50 miles to any city. Um, my sister was diagnosed with uh, Hodgkin's disease cancer at that time. My older, she was four years older. And uh, it was a very difficult, frustrating period of time because, um, you know, you're young, you don't know what's going on, you're filled with testosterone. And my sister during this time actually gave me a book, a bodybuilding magazine that had Troy Zuclato on the cover. He had won Mr. California and he had these two pretty girls on the cover with him. And I thought, oh man, I, I obviously I don't have these muscles. Maybe I need these muscles to get these girls. <laughs> so I bought into the Joe Weeder program, founder of Muscle Fitness. It was for a great book. For a teenager, that, that was quite impactful. Hey, oh, just yeah, that cover. Just out of my mind with testosterone of that age, you know. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I went about, and I had a lot of time on my hands, obviously. So I built a gym in my garage and started training like kind of Rocky style where he fights the Russian. Like I got a barn and I got sawhorses <laughs> and I got pulleys and I got a little bench set that I made and, and all these, you know, tractor tires. And all. I, I built this gym and I started training for four years. During the same time, my sister... Um, passed away at four years and I was in mm. university, just started university. And so I transferred into uh, exercise, physiology, education, nutrition, and uh, began my career there. And through a long circuitous route, 16 years later, I ended up winning the national championships and going to the Mr. Universe contest, which was a lifelong goal of mine. And I did it as a natural guy and I did it as a vegetarian, which was really weird. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's how the journey kind of happened. Which is fantastic. I mean, in a way, you're sort of a pioneer in that. Did you feel like you were pioneering the whole time as far as the natural bodybuilding and being a vegetarian? I mean, you must have been uh, quite unique at, at the time. It was. I mean, and, and everything is always an evolution. And unfortunately, there's a tendency, especially with the kind of a 24-hour news cycle that we have today, we look at people where they're at at that particular point in time or where they are within this 24 hour marketing advertising snippet or whatever the message is. And, and we kind of try and see the person at that point. There was a complete progressive development of that. So for example, I went down the regular route of bodybuilding and I had achieved and got to the national championship and I realized it was a drug culture in 1998. So I retired. I said, I, I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to become some weird science experiment and distort my body to what was in vogue because it wasn't the reason that I got into bodybuilding or what, what I, I had in it for my own reasons to look good, to feel good, to be strong, to be healthy, all these sort of things. And it was at the highest levels, it was an aberration of that. Two years later, after I retired, I had a profound experience that changed my life. 
I've had some of many, but the bottom line was I got into meditation and mm-hmm. spiritual study. And about a year into that, or uh, I read a book called The Holy Science, which is all about the mechanics of the human nervous system and sensory perception. And the guy said, well, vegetarianism could be uh, an option for humans through our natural development. I thought, well, that's pretty radical. Uh, let me experiment with this. So I did it for two weeks. And then I went two weeks more and I was like, okay. And then I went another month and I said, okay, that's it. I'm just not going to eat meat anymore. And that's just how I, that, that's literally how it is. It wasn't a political statement. It wasn't, I'm, I'm not one of these vigilante vegans or anything. I'm not. In, it just happened to be, and it was, it was a natural progression. And then I got the idea of, well, there was no vegetarian products. There was no way you could be successful. I said, well, I think I'm going to come back as a bodybuilder. I'm going to compete without drugs. I'm going to compete as a vegetarian, and I'm going to see if I can actually win these championships doing this and cultivate a new way to, to go about this. And, did uh, did yeah. anything influence your thinking at that time, or was that just something that… It was yeah. a test, and the test was I had read from my spiritual teacher that if something didn't exist but it was right and for you, Mm. That if you followed that and pursued it wholeheartedly, the universe would bend to your will. And I'm like, well, that's a pretty <laughs> radical statement to test. So there are no vegetarian, drug-free bodybuilders competing at the Mr. Universe. That's a good test. Yeah. I'm going to attempt to do that. And sure enough, two years later, uh, that actually transpired. <laughs> wow. So you've got two pretty impactful things going on. You have your journey into meditation and and veganism, I don't know what you call it, <laughs> being a well, vegan. I don't like to, and I don't vegan like to body. Yeah, like just a plant-based lifestyle, you know? Yeah, nice. Okay, a plant-based lifestyle. And I don't want to skip over the fact that your sister passed away from Hodgkin's right. disease because that was quite an impactful experience, obviously, for you as well. And I think influenced what you're doing today. So how does all that come together? I mean, I notice in your bio that you're involved in the in different cancer organizations and stuff yeah. like that. So how does it help us and tie all of those different things together and how that influences you today? Well, it made a huge impact on me because of course this happened in a formative time of my life as I was just becoming, you know, you start developing more of your personality and challenging authority and attempting to become an adult when she, she was getting sick. And I watched her go through the medical model chemotherapy, radiation, bone marrow transplants, the medication, the vomiting, the sickness. The, the, and I remember in a naive kind of way, just thinking, this doesn't seem to make sense. I mean, she's supposed to be doing these treatments to help her, but she just keeps getting sicker and sicker from the treatments. Mm. And that just didn't make sense to me. And so that led a curiosity to find out how the body works and what makes it stronger and what are the principles? Because I think that if you want health, you want to do more healthy things. Uh, And and if you want sickness, you do sickness things. And to me, it just seemed counterintuitive. Hmm. Um, The other factor was, is because she died at 22, I realized that life or health wasn't a guarantee in life. In fact, there's no guarantees in life. And we act like we're going to live forever, but the reality is we're not. And that motivated me to take more chances in life, to take more risks in life, to not accept status quo. And that had both positives and negatives and kind of led me on this tumultuous life of discovery and reinvention and, uh, you know, to live, I don't know, a bunch of different lives because I wasn't really attached to one idea about what life was. And I think those impacted me in a great way. And then finally, because I understood the impact 
that cancer has, not just on the person, but also on the family connected with someone or anyone in a serious illness. I think it cultivated a lot of empathy. Um, and, and from that, later on, inadvertently, I discovered principles that can assist people when they're, when they're either going through cancer or overcoming cancer or coming out of it or preventing. And, and uh, I feel really grateful that that turned into a, a service position for people who are struggling with uh, cancer. And, and it's awesome that it kind of full, came full circle, really relatively unique. So you never know where life's going to take you, but it oftentimes brings you right back to the beginning. Yeah. Well, that's great. I want to ask you eventually what sort of things you've discovered as far as that is concerned, as far as treating cancer in sort of a natural way or through supplementation. But before we get there, there's also another part of your story, which is your entrepreneurial yeah. journey. How did that all start? I mean, it, it sounds like even what happened before, all of that has impacted the business that you have today. But take us back to the beginning of, of uh, starting out in business. Yeah, well, what was interesting, I think, going way back to the to when I was a young man here, my parents was kind of a blue collar family. All no one had gone to school, no one had got an education. Everybody just worked for a corporation or an individual or whatever, and that was just the way everybody in my family operated. Yet, when we were caretakers of this resort, the we had two other tiers of people that I hadn't naturally interacted with, and that was the kind of white collar people who are the management people would come down. So the place would be rented out by corporate entities and they'd have meetings and groups. And then that was run by very successful entrepreneur. The owner of the, the facility was a very successful entrepreneur. And so I realized that these people weren't really smarter than <laughs> my family members. They, 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 some of them weren't better educated, but they seemed to have a different attitude about what was possible and how to run businesses. Before that, I was kind of skeptical about business people or they were greedy people that were doing terrible things or it was kind of like that mentality that's broadcasted through news media. Yeah. And so I got fascinated with the idea that I could make my own life. And I tried a number of different things early on and read books about entrepreneurship, but I really didn't have the skills. And by the time I reached, uh, 1998. So 20, when I was 26 years old, I realized I had bounced around into a lot of things. I realized I was unemployable. I, <laughs> I wanted to write my own ticket. I wanted to be the boss. I didn't want to listen to other people and tell me what to do. Yeah. And, I think that's the, uh, that's the motivation for a lot of entrepreneurs. Don't you think that they yeah. just think, ah, I'm not, I'm not cut out for this nine to five world and someone telling me what to do. Yeah. So, so I, I'd anyways, rather go from a nine to nine. I'll work longer and harder. Yeah. 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 Just because but, it's my own thing. So that's exactly. I mean. No, I can totally relate to that. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs can. So anyways, I cut you off. Please. That's okay. Please continue. Yeah. So um, at 1998, that same time where I, my first trip to the national championship, I realized it was a drug culture. I did contract a supplement. Uh, 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 I, I got a distributorship for a supplement company in British Columbia I had been out there a couple of years before and kind of failed in my first sojourn there. And I came back and rebuilt myself and went out again. So I had a, a business idea. I had a business plan. I had a product to represent. And I came out West, started a personal training business, leveraging my credibility as an athlete. And uh, also opened up a little a retail supplement juice bar called uh, Cypress Peach Sun Tanning and Saliva, my first business. And I opened up with a partner about six months into it. I ended up buying him out. 
and uh, built that for a couple years, sold that business, went just into consulting and then entered into the online world in 2004 after I competed at the Mr. Universe contest a few years later. Okay. So, uh, and then I got into the online space and then be thanks to my current business partner, Matt, who's the co-founder of our company by Optimizers. And we started in 04 and uh, we haven't looked back ever since. And I've developed a bunch of products. All of my companies now work online. Great. If you could take us back to when you first started out in business, uh, this is the, the, uh, the time machine question. Sure, sure. <laughs> what advice would you give to yourself starting out that first business? Like what would you do differently? Does anything uh, yeah. come to mind? Yeah. Yeah, learn, <laughs> yeah. A lot of things would be different. Uh, number yeah. one, uh, learn to market, learn marketing. Mm. I think that's the key. You know, you can have the best product, you know, the best service or whatever. If you don't know how to tell people about it, that's always an issue. Yeah. The other thing I guess I would learn is make sure you have enough capital. Mm. And number three, I would say you need to cultivate systems and ideal to that. Uh, find, find yourself mentorship that can that's cut great. the learning curve because the learning curve can be steep and can wipe you out trying to figure something. You're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's better if you don't make the amateur mistakes, the rookie mistakes, recognize you don't know how to do this. Find someone that can, can coach you through it. Yeah. So did you find a good mentor along the way? Have you worked with a few different coaches and that sort of thing? I have, but that was after just failing on my own. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when I had mentorship, I did well. When I didn't, I tend to fail. Yeah. <laughs> do you do any mentorship yourself these days? Uh, yeah, we, I have a, a company that we run, uh, two different companies, um, one, the Prosperity and Health Alliance that I do mentorship particular to that business about online systems, and then another one called the Wealthy Backpacker. And that's a, a, a teaching people how to live, work, and invest globally, where we oh, go into perfect. specifics and interviews, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Wow, that's great for the subject of our show. That's, that's neat. We'll have to uh, somehow include some links to that in, in our show sure. notes. Yeah. I love the title, The Wealthy Backpacker. That's yeah, great. it's kind of, a, kind of an oxymoron. <laughs> People don't expect that you can live that lifestyle or that's a wealthy way to live, but it actually, I think it's the, the best way to live. Yeah. Yeah, and from what I know about you, you, you embody that. You're living that out, aren't you? Like you are, and just tell us a little bit about that. Tell us about your own Wi-Fi lifestyle. The question I commonly ask is, you know, how do you leverage your, your time? And uh, so just tell us a little bit about your own Wi-Fi lifestyle and maybe a, a couple tips on how you leverage your time and, and do business on the road. Yeah, that's great. That's, I think it's relevant for that because it's kind of like a dream lifestyle that people would love to, or have this kind of romantic idea, but there are some nuts yeah. and bolts. I first got in, so let's just go back in time and I'll give you a little etymology and that might lead to some clues. In 2004, Matt, my current business partner said, hey, he's making money online. This is an 04. Nobody was doing that. I was like, oh, come on, man. Really? You're kidding me, right? And we were both six-figure earners as personal trainers, as personal fitness trainers and nutritionist consultants. That's how we knew each other. Okay. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'm making money online. Let's do this. And we started that. And literally within 18 months, we had a six-figure-a-month business. And we decided that we would move to Central America for the tax incentives that were there and, and that sort of stuff. So we moved to Panama. In 2005, no plan, no idea. We took a few Spanish lessons, figured we got this thing rocked and, you know, got our world rocked. <laughs> it was a great adventure. I loved it. Uh, there was a lot of learning because we made a lot of mistakes. Um, 
So that started that. And what I would say is if you're making that lifestyle jump, you really got to learn how to manage your time and how to manage your business. And I had wished that I had read Tim Ferriss's book <laughs> prior to going, but it wasn't written. He wrote the book about the same time that we went in 05. And I think it became popular in 07. And you, you were trying to live it without the manual. <laughs> that's right. We were right on that threshold. And yeah. so, I, you know, time management, hiring out properly, hiring processes, uh, management systems in place, all of this stuff didn't, we didn't really exist. So I bounced back and forth figuring those things out. And it wasn't until I cultivated, now this is not a plug for anybody, but I, there's a book out there called Traction mm. uh, by Gino Wickman. Okay. Uh, we implemented that inside my business life. And I'll tell you that changed everything because it allowed us to build and scale the system um, so that we could literally work from an online platform with, I think we have uh, 20 direct uh, people who work for our company mm. and they're independent consultants. So we're a company without a company that work for this general thing and traction holds the whole thing together. And these people are literally the company's running 24 hours a day, seven days around a week with all mm. these people around the home. We're able to do that through the traction process. Right on. Yeah. So you're, you're living the Wi-Fi dream. That's great. You're, you're yeah. living the Wi-Fi life. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to get into some of the products that you offer and, and some maybe just a tiny bit of health advice as well. But a question we ask all of our guests is, why do you do what you do? Well, number one, I think if you have an itch that yourself, you kind of scratch it and you figure out things. So there was a number of things that I was really interested in. Number one, first and foremost, with health. And that's why I'll always stick with it. I understand the value of it. And I understand how one's life is compromised when you don't have it. Mm. So that was number one. And number two was living a, what I would say a location independent lifestyle that I could go where I want, hang out for as long as I want with who I want, uh, whenever I wanted. I wanted that as an option. And so that led me to the online world, I think, which was really great. And so between those two things, that's how uh, you know my businesses are focused on it. And I teach people about health. I teach people about business and uh, to, to ultimately to find what gives them peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I know that you, thanks for all of that. That's great. Some great business advice and some great business content. I appreciate that. So, you know, what's the, what's the major problem that you are trying to solve? Like, let's talk about your health business. What, it, what, what are you trying to help people with there? Well, our company is, um, we fix digestion and we really do. Um, and it, it's an evolution. We started, I started out trying to optimize my own digestive component, being a vegetarian and not having much access to protein and being in a strength space. We worked out all the nuances of that. And it turned out that that had applications we didn't anticipate that we were able, that about 80% of the population suffers from some sort of digestive condition that compounded over time leads to the big three, heart disease, cancer, and diabetes. And we're like, oh, well, I just solved this to help my athletic career. And then that translated not just to help athletes, but then people were sick and we would put them on programs and all of a sudden they would get better. And then the next thing you know, it was all all these different illnesses. And we started to realize, wow, it's not what you eat, it's what you digest, absorb, and utilize. So uh, long story short, we figured out that we fix digestion better than anybody else and people are suffering from digestive issues. They're usually being treated with pharmaceuticals or nutritional product or instead of nutritional products. And so we go to the root cause as opposed to treating the symptoms. 
And so that's what we do as a company. And um, we're very education-based. I always say you can't supplement yourself out of a bad diet or bad lifestyle, but supplements can make, the right ones can make a difference and help you cultivate those practices over time. And that's why we have the awesome health formula where I, I actually teach my students all the things that I learned over 30 plus years uh, from the various mentors I've had to, to help advance your health in addition to fixing your digestion. Excellent. Yeah, it all kind of from I, I know very little, but from what I do understand is it all kind of begins in the gut, doesn't it? And how much we're absorbing or not absorbing and, and what's, you know, and, and supplementation can help us absorb more. Is, am I am I on the right track? Well, there? yeah, well, well, basically, there's, you know, there's several different areas that people get compromised. Number one, they don't produce enough hydrochloric acid that leads to problems. Number two, they don't have enough enzymes in their diet or they have to manufacture a lot. So they're not absorbing the food. And number three, they have a bad microbiome or they have uh, poor probiotic levels. So we address those three issues and it depends on the person, which one they would need for. And we created a series called the digestive vault series where people can go in. If they're suffering from gas, from bloating, from constipation, from asset reflux, from heartburn, any of these conditions, they can actually read, Go in there, listen to me interview a naturopathic doctor, share with them what they need to do lifestyle-wise. How do they solve the problem in the short term using nutritional supplementation and then transit into a lifestyle that allows them to avoid that in the future? And that's what we teach. And we do a really great job of it. And then thanks to the internet, we can put someone in a room with a world-class expert that can solve that problem for them without them having to go anywhere out of, the, out of their home even. Mm, fantastic. Do you have a client story or someone that you can tell us about that's really benefited from uh, oh. from what you're doing? Well, <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. I mean, you probably have a lot. It's hard to pick one, right? Literally, we have thousands. Yeah. And um, I'll, 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 but we read them every week. Every week yeah. we get our team meeting and we read this kind of the, the big transformations a week. Great. I had a, for example, I'll give you two stories because I okay. think both are One was a guy that was suffering from a variety of digestive conditions for 38 years that were put him into excruciating pain mm. and massive complications. His whole life had been compromised his whole life. He started using your products and within two weeks, all of it was gone forever. Wow. Now we can't treat diagnose. I can't tell you what the condition was or whatever, but it was yeah. a digestive related illness that had yeah. serious, serious consequences mm. and compromise and it corrected it. Uh, I also had a lady recently who's a major influencer in the world and she had a child at a very she was always fit always healthy she had a child uh, in her early 40s wow. and her body just had a meltdown metabolically she, she was gaining weight she was bloated all the time she was tired she couldn't do what she was doing she got on her products and literally within again within a month she had noticed a radical transformation is on the on the path to health and vitality and now rocking her business again so those are two separate conditions of boat you wouldn't you wouldn't think that fixing your digestion could change people on that level but it actually can you know the old thing is you are what you eat but you're not you are what you eat absorb utilize and ultimately what you eliminate as well and if you don't do that <laughs> properly you're in trouble yeah, yeah, exactly. I was going to say it's what you poop as well. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's part of the whole process. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Okay, well, we'll provide some links and, and extra information at the end of the podcast here. And thank you for that information. That's great. And just as we wrap up, we're going to have a couple questions for you 
what's a resource or something that has inspired you recently? A book, a blog, a video, a movie, a podcast, an article, a person. What's, what's, been, what's been an inspiration to you recently? Well, I'm always inspired by um, Tim Ferriss. I think he does a great job of, of decoding some of the world-class people. I think that's really good. Uh, I really like um, Joe Rogan's interview style. Um, mm. you know, to talk about some of the top podcasters, how he asks tough questions, but he always stays open. He's not trying to expose or attack people, which is so common today. And I'm very interested in um, Jordan Peterson. And right now he's on the University of Toronto professor who is challenging the Canadian courts in around um, the whole gender pronoun debate and what that means. And I'm not saying I agree everything with Jordan or don't disagree, but what I like is he's willing to stand up and put himself at risk. And he's, and he's, he's become a lightning rod for this issue. And I think it's very, very important because right now I do believe that there are Marxist ideologies that are being implemented into our society and that historically we don't understand that. And that's very inspirational for me to, to follow that because I, I value freedom over everything else. And mm. uh, I think it, th those people really inspire me in, in, in a really good way. What's a business tool, an app, um, some software or something that enhances your Wi-Fi lifestyle what's a what's a road warrior tool that you that you like to use yeah well let me give you a couple uh, okay. first and foremost the traction business system i'll give another plug for those guys i don't get any money for it but <laughs> i should <laughs> i'm gonna have to look that up based on what you said it sounds like it was a real game changer for you early on it really made a whole difference it allowed me to manage my life uh that uh i'm a big fan of zoom um i think that's a really great tool that we're on zoom right now i think for, for meetings and recording and all that stuff. It just does an awesome job. So those are probably the two biggest tools that I leverage out of my toolbox on a day. I literally use both of those every single day. And what's an inspiring cause or a nonprofit that you'd like to give a shout out to today? Well, you know, I'm, I would say this, I believe personally that charity should start at home hmm. and a lot of times, and this is going to be a kind of a flip, but a lot of companies will bring on a charitable cause or that because it actually increases conversions and they want to be perceived in the world. And I'm not against that. Mm -hmm. What I would say, though, is I personally believe that charity should be anonymous and it should be independent and it should be local. So I prefer my methodologies of contribution to find people within my sphere of influence that I can directly impact and doing something for them directly without anyone else's knowledge and sometimes not even theirs. <laughs> That's great, Wade. I like that a lot. I'm tracking with you on that. Yeah, excellent. So, you know, just as we wrap up, uh, Wade T. Lightheart has been our, our guest. And uh, Wade, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you, find out a little bit more about the things that we've been talking about today on this episode. Yeah, well, they can uh, reach out to me at uh, bioptimizer.com uh, and they can get our course. Uh, if you want to, we'll give a free health course. It's a 12-week, 84-day course online videos. So that'll be bioptimizers.com slash fuel radio. And uh, so we can put that link in, in, the, in the notes. You bet. And uh, people can access me there. They can check out what I'm doing at the Wealthy Backpacker, social media, or <laughs> that sort of stuff. Or you can check out the website or what we're doing on that. And uh, yeah, that's the best ways to reach me. 
Good stuff. Thank you so much, Wade, for joining us today. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you very much as well. You've been listening to Fuel Radio.